Hey, 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 welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo, and it is Tuesday, February 13th, uh, one day before Valentine's Day, and I am here to talk about WWE NXT. But before we get to NXT, everybody, I just want to say I've missed everybody. Uh, my last stream that I did here on the channel was on Wednesday, the AEW Dynamite post show, and normally I do a lot more during the week, but because I was in Las Vegas, Vegas. Uh, yes, last week's schedule was definitely uh, a little bit different, but I got to tell you guys, man, I had the very, very best time in Las Vegas. Um, I really, really am happy that I ended up taking the trip over there uh, to attend Radio Row, to attend uh, the WrestleMania press conference. I really just felt like a lot of things really went very well. And not only was I able to get some additional interviews um, from WWE, which included Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, and Jade Cargill, I was also able to get some two very, very cool AEW interviews. I spoke with Darby Allen, uh, who at that point, I have to tell you guys how this all went down, by the way. Uh, so I spoke with Darby Allen. And then on top of that, I spoke with Tony Khan. So I need to talk about how that went down because it was kind of crazy. So um, for those of you guys who don't know, Radio Row is literally um, crazy. Like there's so many people there. There's so many outlets. There's all these radio stations and all of the who's who's that's anybody is down there. Right. And I'd never been there and I didn't really know what to expect. And I was pretty much like roaming, going around, doing interviews, trying to promote the YouTube channel. But on top of that, I was also there trying to get some interviews of my own. Now I had Prior to booking my trip to Las Vegas, I didn't even know that WWE was going to be doing a press conference. Like, I had no idea any of that was happening. So that ended up being, like, the cherry on top of the vacation that I had going. But on top of that, at Radio Row, I had reached out to AEW because I didn't know who they were going to have there, what talents they were going to have there. And I get a message. I find out that Darby Allen's there. And so I schedule this interview with Darby Allen. I have this like nice little, um, 10 or so minute conversation with him. And right away I post my interview up and I get that thing promoted on Twitter. Well, Thanks to that, I then found out later on, I'm literally getting a text that was probably, I was, after that Darby interview, I'd posted it up. I was just about to leave, guys. Like, I was going to leave. I was going to be done for the day. I was like, all right, I did a good job. I'm going to go home. I was packing up my stuff. Literally, I was standing up, packing up my stuff. And I get a text message. And they're like, do you want to interview Tony Khan in, like, 20 minutes and I'm like holy shit yes I need to you know I'll be right there and so I like ran back up to where I had to be now it was like crazy security all of that whatever for a radio row but I made it I got there and so I ended up doing my interview with Tony Khan and he had told me that because he saw that I did the interview with Darby, he didn't know that I was going to be there. But because he saw the interview that I did with Darby, he wanted to do an interview with me. And I was like, holy shit, that's so freaking cool. Um, so it was just kind of crazy how like everything went down and how like one thing led to another that led to another. Um, so I'm really, really happy that I was there in Las Vegas. But I'm also very happy uh, that I'm back and that I'm here to talk about pro wrestling. So um, let's get to it, everybody. Let's get into NXT. And of course, you guys can check out all of those interviews that I did do in Las Vegas over in the 
on the channel. There's a lot happening, guys. There's a lot happening this time. Um, all right, so let's get to it. First and foremost, I want to thank so much to Sheldon Jackson for gifting five DWO memberships. And then on top of that, uh, Sheldon also sent in a super chat saying congrats to the Wolf Dogs on winning the NXT Tag Team titles. But I'm concerned about Lyra versus Shotzi for the title next week because anytime Shotzi gets an opportunity, for some odd reason, it goes awry. So I'm definitely not expecting for there to be a title change or anything like that with Lyra Valkyra and Shotzi. The way that I'm seeing this is that I know that there have been a lot of moments where Shotzi unfortunately didn't, things didn't go the way that she probably wanted it to in the ring, right? But I do feel like the last couple of months that we've been seeing this like new iteration of Shotzi, and if you want to even call it a new iteration, by new iteration, I mean she, you know, she shaved her, <laughs> she shaved her hair uh, and it's a lot shorter, but it's pretty much still the exact same Shotzi. So maybe not new iteration of Shotzi, but the last couple of months that we've been seeing of Shotzi over on SmackDown have definitely been like a huge improvement over everything that we had seen before. So like everything post the shaving of the hair, I feel like we've been seeing good stuff from Shotzi. So I'm not necessarily worried about this match at all with her and Lyra in terms of like something going wrong or anything like that. I'm more so excited about it because to truth be told, guys, I completely missed whatever argument Lyra and Shotzi were having on social media. Like I didn't see any of it. Like this was breaking news to me, man. I went on, I was watching NXT. They were talking about this beef and I'm like, what beef? I didn't even see it. Damn. I wish they would have um put it on the screen or something. And if they did, I missed it. But um, for those that didn't see the actual Twitter interaction, like I didn't know what was happening. I didn't, I didn't even know why Shotzi was there. So I was so confused during this, but obviously they explained it. I put the pieces together. And we are going to be seeing Lyra Valkyra versus Shotzi next week. As a matter of fact, guys, like point blank, I'm just going to say it right now. This was not the strongest episode of NXT. There was like one big newsworthy thing. And then that was kind of it. We're going to get to all of that. But I feel like next week's episode of NXT, just based off of the matches and what's been announced so far, is going to be a way bigger show than what we saw this week as a matter of fact like I actually thought this was one of the weaker episodes and in a while I didn't think this was a strong episode of NXT but we got Jay Stone here who also sends a generous super chat saying hey Denise this might be a hot take but Corbin and Braun might have been one of the best odd couple tag runs I've seen in any capacity company recently up there with Ricky and Big Bill so Look, in terms of like odd couples, there have been some really great ones that we have seen uh, throughout time, right? Like you can name so freaking many. Like I still remember like, uh, oh my gosh, like X-Pac and Kane. That was so much fun. Daniel Bryan and Kane. That was another one. Those are like when I think of odd couples, those are some of the ones that like I think of right away. There's obviously so many more. In terms of like recent, recent ones, that were like really strong. I'm trying to think what strong odd couple pairings I've really liked recently. And for some reason, I'm not really thinking of any that were like, you know what? It's actually, I don't know if Chelsea Green and Piper Niven kind of count as an odd couple tag team. I feel like they definitely do because they're two totally different personalities. But um, for recent times, I really liked what they did there. But also... 
I do think Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker have been really good with the comedy that they have here. And I've said that on past episodes of NXT where I really felt like they came out here and they were just like, fun like it wasn't they weren't trying too hard because there's times where like these types of things they tend to come off like they're trying too hard right like they're trying too hard to make you laugh they're trying too hard to make it funny to the point where it comes out cheesy and I don't think that's what we're getting here with Baron Corbin or Braun Breaker and this was such a big turn for both guys because I've spoken about this before guys but over on Baron Corbin's side of things, his run on NXT has been like the best thing that's happened to him in like the last couple of years because we go back to one of the last things that we saw from him over on the main roster. And you guys know where I'm getting at with this. It was the JBL stuff. And that stuff was just brutal. And then before that, the, the last thing that actually got over was broke Corbin. I liked the whole feud that he did with Pat McAfee. That was cool too. But like in terms of recent work, there really wasn't anything else besides that. Like the happy Corbin stuff was a goddamn nightmare. The, the stuff that he did with Madcap Moss, a nightmare. And so Baron Corbin going over to NXT, I remember kind of thinking like, ooh, damn, Baron Corbin's going to NXT. Like, that's probably not the best thing for him, right? Well, wrong, wrong, wrong. It ended up being great for him because now he's kind of gotten a little bit. It's still hard because Baron Corbin, they had him do so much like, ugh stuff on the main roster that he still kind of carries that with him wherever he goes but I do feel like this partnership with him and Braun Breaker has sort of erased some of that where you can see Braun uh, you can see Baron Corbin and not be reminded of all the other stuff and you're just enjoying what you see on NXT with him and Braun and then over on Braun's side of things Braun my God, the people turned on this man and things weren't going so well for Braun Breaker. Like, obviously, the skill was always there. The wrestling was always there. The intensity was always there. But in terms of, like, the personality and all of that, that really wasn't coming through probably the way that they wanted to. And then we started to see shades of Braun Breaker with interacting with other NXT wrestlers. If I remember, I think it might have been the Creed Brothers. Was it the Creed Brothers or it might have been Hank and Tank? Whatever. I forgot who it was that freaking Braun Breaker was interacting with for like a good period of time. And we ended up seeing more of his personality in that. And I liked it. I realized watching that, that he interacts very well when other people are on camera with him versus when it's just him by himself. And so then you put both of these guys together that were trying to, you know, two totally different journeys, two totally different stories, but it at the right time came together and, ended up kind of benefiting each other in this storyline and I like what we've gotten so far with them and now they're your brand new NXT tag team champions I don't think anyone here is honestly surprised because when they announced the tournament besides them the other option was Carmelo and Trick Williams but I think for the most part we figured that something was going to happen and that was going to unravel and they weren't actually going to win the Dusty Cup tournament. So I think for the most part, it's been very clear that Baron and Braun were going to win. And then once they actually did, I think everybody here knew today that we were going to see brand new NXT Tag Team Champions be crowned. And that is exactly what we got here today. They closed out the show in the main event and defeated Tony D and Stax Lorenzo in what was a pretty fun little main event for the Tag team titles like there were some cool moments I like seeing Tony D catch 
Braun Breaker and hit him with a sit-down powerbomb. Like, that was pretty cool. They put him through a table. They get him back in the ring. They try to pin him. Baron Corbin breaks up the pin. We got the crowd chanting, this is awesome. Uh, fast forward to the ending. Braun Breaker hits a massive spear on Channing Stacks Lorenzo and gets the win for his team. And the moment felt pretty huge because they had been building up how badly Baron Corbin wanted these titles. And so it was kind of cool and they seem to have like this like bro type of relationship where they're not like brothers but they're like I don't know how to explain it guys I, I can I can see them being like frat brothers or something like that's the best way to explain their relationship but it's enjoyable and I'm excited to see them become the NXT tag team champions it was definitely the right call to make now who the hell knows what's going to happen because we know that Braun Breaker is going to be called up pretty soon uh We've been seeing him, but I don't know how this is going to impact that now that he has the tag team titles and he's sort of a package deal as of right now with Baron Corbin. So we'll see. Uh, Stephen Marchulli says, as fun as the will, um, sorry, the wolf dogs are, does Corbin turn on Breaker? I hope it doesn't happen right now. I would like to see the wolf dogs kind of continue on, see what they can do in the meantime. Um, but it's going to not be too long, though, because Braun Breaker is, is headed to the main roster. It's just a matter of, when they're actually going to do it. So I don't think it's going to take too long. We'll see what happens. Will Chisholm says, um, let's see. Woof, are you saying embroidery was a good odd? Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Embroidery was a good odd couple team thanks to the weed jokes. All right, you completely threw me off there, Will Chisholm. I was like, what's he talking about? I was like, embroidery is not on, on NXT. What is what is this? What are we talking about? Uh, Will Chisholm, you completely threw me off there for a bit, but I appreciate it, man. Um, okay, so that really is the biggest thing that happened on the show, guys. Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin are the brand new NXT Tag Team Champions. But we got a couple more things to get into. So we we'll might as well dive into that now. But just to kind of close things out with the uh, new Tag Team Champs, for those of you who haven't been watching on NXT, they have good chemistry with one another. Their matches are fun. Uh, Braun Breaker has stood out even more. Baron Corbin's career seems to be turning around here on NXT. That's already four things. And then on top of that, I think we're going to get some good stuff out of them being tag team champions. Now it's just a matter of what happens with uh, the main roster call-up for Braun Breaker. So that's where we're at on all of that. But I'm going to kind of recap this show in terms of like the biggest things, and then we'll work our way down as we continue on. So the next big thing that I want to talk about in regards to NXT was Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy. So it's funny because the things that I liked on this show were all the things that kind of turn things around for other people and not specifically in this case for Carmelo Hayes but more so Joe Gacy so since I'm gonna say um since Vengeance Day the last pay-per-view that we had for uh NXT I feel like things have really started to turn for Joe Gacy because he broke up the schism ended that was a wrap and then we spent several weeks with these like odd little segments for Joe Gacy. And he was kind of going in, going out of random segments, right? Like nothing much else. But after that match that he had with Dijak, I really truly feel like he's got this new pep in his step and you can see it. Now, I didn't like the way that things went down last week with the match between Elia 
and Dijak and Joe Gacy getting involved. I'd mentioned that not last week, but this week I did like the way that they did things because we got Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy. Okay. Carmelo Hayes, obviously, you know, he's doing his thing, but he's pissed off about, you know, Joe Gacy getting involved in uh, all of this stuff. Right. But Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, a couple things to note here. First of all, Joe Gacy, his entrance has changed. They've done this thing now where they turn the camera upside down and you're seeing Joe Gacy come out, but he's upside down. I did like that. I had mentioned that I was hoping to get some to see some new music for Joe Gacy. I'm still hoping that we get to see that because it reminds me too much of what he's been doing in the past. But I don't know, maybe they still want to remind us of that. So maybe that's intentional. But Carmelo Hayes is still getting lots of heat for what he did to Trick William. You're getting like you sold out chance, which is great because I've been loving the heat that Carmelo Hayes has been getting. Last week, this man was getting so much heat over what he did to Trick Williams. It was very, very entertaining. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, guys. Sorry, there's the Amber Alert situation. And so that's what went off on my phone right now. So sorry if I frightened everybody with the buzzing sound. Um, all right. So. Where was I at? All right. Sorry, guys. It kind of threw me off for a bit. It completely threw me off. I was like, wait, wait, what's happening? I was like, there's an emergency. What is it? All right. So in this particular matchup, because I was mentioning all of the heat that Carmelo Hayes was getting uh, due to the Trick Williams action, Carmelo Hayes was obviously being booed during this and everybody was rooting for Joe Gacy, which is funny because it's been a while since people have actually been rooting for Joe Gacy. Like Joe Gacy is not somebody that people have been rooting for. Like we went a really long time with either people not reacting to Joe Gacy or booing this man. So for him to finally start getting some chance, like this felt new. And so when I said that I liked this for Joe Gacy, I liked it because as I mentioned, he's got this new pep in his step. But on top of that, Carmelo Hayes goes in. He defeats Joe Gacy in what was a pretty okay match. Like, Joe Gacy went out there, was hitting him with, like, chops and headbutts. And, like, this wasn't a bad match. But Carmelo Hayes won with the codebreaker and the uh, nothing but net uh, spot that he does. And so he defeats Joe Gacy. But it was a good win for Carmelo Hayes. He goes out there, has a fine match, wins the match cool but for joe gacy it got him more of a spotlight on him versus him going out there and wrestling a bunch of nobodies this time he was in there with carmelo hayes which was a really good follow-up to what he had been doing um with dijak at the pay-per-view so i kind of felt like this benefited joe gacy a whole lot and that's the reason why i like this like i like this new lens that we're getting with uh joe gacy and then on top of that we're still continuing both of these feuds now i said last week that i kind of felt like i was a little bit like uh, maybe a little bit over and done with the carmelo hayes Ilya dragunov storyline and i really am guys because as much as i loved it i've already seen it three times you guys have already seen it three times so but as we discovered last week the men's roster on nxt is very very slim so Carmelo Hayes after this match once again addresses Ilya Dragunov and so they're if it wasn't clear last week it's definitely clear again um they are circling back to this they're doing a face-to-face -face next week because Ilya was not on the show today because he is back 
home with his child, spending time, et cetera, et cetera. It's happening next week, the face-to-face. And as for Dijak, he, Dijak attacked Joe Gacy after this. And let me tell you, I was a fan of this. You guys are not going to understand why I was a fan of this, but I'll tell you why. So get ready for story time. So Dijak grabs Joe Gacy, attacks him, whatever, and he ends up putting him in a straight jacket. Okay. I like this because, you know, Joe Gacy's crazy. He's a madman. He's a lunatic. And now he finds himself in a straight jacket. But ladies and gents, quick story time. I had PTSD from this because when I was a child, my mom and my grandma were utterly humiliated by me every time they took me to the doctor. So apparently, I had a bad reputation at my doctor's because I would go crazy anytime I had to go to the doctor's. So they would literally strap me down, put me in a little straight jacket, and pin me down to the little table in order to get my shots because I never liked getting shots as a child. So according to my mom and my grandma, and I have like little flashes of memory of this, according to them, they would have to take them out of the room. Like they couldn't be in the room with me. They had to put me in a straight jacket. They had to hold me down, the nurses, the doctors, everybody, because I would curse them out in Spanish, on top of that, I wouldn't even curse them out in English. I would curse them out in Spanish because I thought they were going to kill me and I did not trust the doctors or the nurses or anybody. So they would pin me down and put me in a straight jacket. Uh, I was a kid, so I'm not like that no more. But as I was watching this, it gave me flashbacks. And I remember this like vividly now, uh, like these little moments. I don't remember all of the stories that my grandma and my mom told me, but I do remember like a few. And like my mind, anytime I went to the doctor, like I always thought the doctors were evil and were going to like murder me or something. I always had this like horrible conspiracy theory as a child. And so for that reason, I was a fan of this whole little straight jacket thing just because it got me, guys. It completely got me thinking about my past. Um, so, so it's so freaking random. Um, but yeah, I did not like doctors. I did not like nurses. And I unfortunately would say some very mean things to them. And they probably hated me. And that, God, I feel so bad now. And like, I'm pretty sure that the day I become a mother, my ass is going to get this karma and I'm going to get it back, man. <laughs> like, I feel bad for any parent that has to deal with any kid going crazy at the doctors because I was one of them. I was one of them. Oh, my God. But yeah, there you go, guys. Zena Wauer says, Stone Cold, Denise Salcedo. <laughs> Dominic Carranza says, oh, Denise, that story is so relatable. You have no idea. I'm not the only one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. All right. But honestly, like when you're a kid, you don't know. You don't know any better. But anyways, that's the story of the straight jacket. I can I can relate. I can relate to Joe Gacy. Who would have thought? All right, let's get some comments in here. Dominic Carranza, who's been a member of the DWO for three months, says, I hope WWE don't Kyle Shanahan this. Ooh. Stephen Marchuli says, uh, Alexis King versus Obafemi should be good for next week. I'm telling you, all of the good stuff is happening next week, guys. Like, next week is going to be, like, a way better show to talk about. Uh, 
honestly. All right. So, but moving on from this, we have another thing that I did enjoy a whole lot, and that was Lola Vice versus Tatum Paxley. So I've been liking everything that they've been doing with Tatum, with um God. This kind of intertwines a lot of people. With Tatum, with Lyra, with Roxanne, with Lola, uh, it seems like everybody kind of got mixed into the salad here of what we're seeing. But this was cool. So we have the match portion, which is Lola and Tatum. For the most part, Lola is dominating this match up until the moment where Lyra comes in to, I guess, support maybe Tatum Paxley, but she's on the outside. She's watching on. She seems to be giving her some words of encouragement throughout this match. And it works for a little bit. For a little bit, Tatum's able to get a little bit of an upper hand over Lola. But Lola goes in there. She gets her with two roundhouse kicks, locks her into a submission. Tatum Paxley taps, and that is it. The girl is out. And then there was sort of this endearing moment because after Tatum is like just there, practically lifeless, Lyra ends up picking up her body and carrying her away. And I thought, that's interesting. Now they seem to have this like big sister, little sister type of dynamic where they don't seem to, where Lyra doesn't seem to, it's weird because Lyra at first wanted nothing to do with her, right? She was weirded out by her. She wanted nothing to do with her, but she has sort of found this soft spot for her where like now she kind of cares about her. She may not have wanted to, but she definitely does now. And then over on Tatum's side, Tatum still has this obsession with her that's still a little bit unclear um, <laughs> why exactly in terms of like what is the significance and the meaning behind it. But now it seems like they're starting to bond maybe. I don't know. Because afterwards in the back when Shotzi confronts Lyra and they make this match between Lyra and Shotzi due to some Twitter interactions, all of a sudden Tatum comes out and she's like happy and lively Almost like she had it planned. And so I don't know what to make of that. The point is that I guess they're friends now, sort of, maybe. I'm not really too sure what's going on there. But that's that portion of it. So that part's fine. It's cool. Whatever. Lola gets a good win. She's looking great. I say that every week, but it's true. And I'm looking forward to the match with Lyra and Shotzi, by the way. I think it's going to be a good match. I hope it's a good match. Um... I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it because, again, it gives Lyra an opportunity to work with some more women on the roster, which, granted, they have a lot of women that she could have worked with over on the NXT side of things, like girls that haven't gotten a shot at the NXT title. Like, it didn't necessarily have to be Shotzi, but I'll take it because I'm assuming that they're not putting some other people that could have been in that match against Lyra for maybe different reasons. Maybe they're keeping them away from the title because it's not their time. I don't know. So I'll take it being Shotzi because I've said this before, but I don't think that it hurts to see some of the girls that are not at the very top of the roster go over to NXT and basically wrestle some of the champions. And this goes for both the men's and the women's. I specifically was talking about this last week for the men's. I don't mind it for the women because, again, I just think it only helps your champions that you have. So I don't think that Shotzi loses anything by going out there and having this match with Lyra Valkyra. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there. Um, so we'll talk about that next week when it happens. But as for the interesting part here was Roxanne Perez. Because we ended up having a backstage segment where Roxanne is like freaking pissed. 
She's pissed that Shotzi just came in here. She put out her little tweet. She skipped the line and she gets a title shot against Lara. And let's be real. Roxanne should be pissed. If I was Roxanne, I would be pissed off too. All right. So on that end, I agree with Roxanne Perez. However, we've been seeing her toe this line between baby face and heel. Well, that's it. I don't think she's towing that line anymore, guys. We can definitely say as of right now that Roxanne Perez is 1000% a heel. And if this wasn't solidified before, it should be now because poor Ren Sinclair. Ren Sinclair wanted to sympathize with Roxanne Perez backstage. She kind of wanted to offer some some advice. She seemed like she had a plan and it was kind of a good one. She had told Roxanne that she should challenge the winner of Shotzi versus Lyra. Well, Roxanne didn't want to hear any of her problems or sorry, any of her suggestions. And she like slapped the life out of Ren Sinclair. And she later on gets into it with Ava Rain because Ava Rain, your GM, is super pissed off that she just went around and she just punched Ren Sinclair. So she makes this match between Ren and Roxanne Perez, and she tells her that after this match, she will have a conversation with her surrounding when she's going to get her NXT Women's Championship title shot. So we'll see what happens there. But the funny part about this, though, guys, is that Roxanne Perez, okay, who here has seen the meme of the little angry Tom and Jerry or the little the little angry is it, that's the little angry mouse. Hold on. Hold on. Which one is it? The little angry mouse. Everybody here at some point has seen the, the meme. I have it right here. Here we go. This is the meme. Hold on. My brain functions in meme. This is it. Okay. Everybody here at some point has seen this little meme of angry baby Tom. That's Tom, right? Yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, it's Tom. I always forget which one's Tom and which one's Jerry. Um, but anyways, the little angry Tom. <laughs> I hate to say it. But that reminds me of Roxanne Perez because she's so tiny and she's too, she's such a natural baby face that seeing her in this heel role, it's like she's too cute to be angry. I can't explain it. She's, and I don't want to like take away from her heel work that she's doing because I know that it's like, you know, it's tough and you have to put yourself out there. But that's like she's too cute to be angry i can't explain it guys she's like the really cute little powerpuff girl uh when she gets mad there's memes about that too um so that's what it reminds me of and when she was there with ava rain and she was like with her arms crossed and she was like giving her the face i'm like i can't she's too cute to be a heel um so they're gonna have to like i don't know I mean, obviously, I'm buying it. You know, she's doing a great job when she slapped the life out of Ren. That was really, really great. But it's just funny, though. I was dying, though, like seeing her like cross her arms and she rolls her eyes at Ava Rain. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Thank you, Christopher. He says the mouse is Jerry Denise. I always forget which one's Tom and which one's Jerry. I have for years, guys, every single damn time, every single damn, damn time. But anyways. Yes, Luis is right. She is a natural baby face. She is. Guys, Roxanne Perez is like so freaking relatable. She was this little kid who liked wrestling, decided to pursue her dream. She made it. Look at her now. How do you not how do you not want to root for her? She's the ultimate baby face. So that's why it's like interesting to me that she had this heel turn in the first place and now we're seeing how she does. But I do think that 
I do think that she's just more of a natural baby face, though, for sure. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and see what people are saying here. Um, this is from Will Chisholm, who says, I love how they're teasing a heel turn with Roxanne, but I'm with her. She never got pinned when she lost the title, and Lola cashed into her match. Um, yes, cashed into her match. I'm with her. While we agree with a lot of the reasonings as to why Roxanne Perez is mad, uh, she is definitely a heel now, guys. 1000%. There's no way that she's not a heel. Uh, she is a heel. She's got a right to be mad. She's sort of like Drew McIntyre, right? Like Drew McIntyre is going out there and making all this sense. Like you understand why he's mad. You understand his perspective, but he's still a heel. Um, that's Roxanne Perez. Like she had no right to just go out there and slap poor Ren when Ren was just trying to sympathize and offer a suggestion to her. So she is definitely a heel. Will Chisholm also says, before Roxanne walked out, she should have told Ava, your dad sucks, LOL. <laughs> oh, my God. Had she, like, had she mentioned something about her dad, it would have been pretty funny. But I'm pretty sure Ava Rain is trying to, like, I don't know. I can't, they haven't really made any mentions about who Ava Rain's father is. We all know, obviously. But they haven't made any mentions of it on screen and I have a feeling they're doing that for a reason because if you, when the moment comes where someone actually mentions The Rock to Ava Rain, like it's gotta hit hard, right? Like you just can't just be throwing it out left and right. Uh, it's gotta hit hard whenever someone does mention her dad. And I can only imagine she's trying to like make her own name without people bringing up the fact that she's The Rock's daughter. So that's just my guess on that because if not, they would have brought it up way beforehand like no one brought it up when this girl was in a cult in nxt no one said does her dad know that she's in a cult on nxt no one on commentary ever said that nobody this girl her dad is uber famous and she was in a cult on nxt and no one said anything so that tells me they ain't bringing it up um at least for a while or until the time is right i suppose but anyways I could only imagine that The Rock would want to know, hey, man, my daughter's in a cult. I got to do something. Uh, but they didn't. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and press on from here. That was the stuff with the women. We got a couple more topics to get into. But before I get into all of that, guys, just a friendly reminder that tomorrow I will be back with Righteous Reg and we will be here to celebrate Valentine's Day with everybody here talking about AW Dynamite. Friday, I will be back for my SmackDown post show. Uh, they already promoted that The Rock and Roman Reigns are going to be on the show. So I will be here this Saturday. There is no episode of Collision uh, due to the NBA. So um, I will not be here. So yeah, I get a Saturday off. I'm not going to complain. Uh, but technically, yeah, there's no Collision on this Saturday. Um, all right, let's press on. Let's get into Adriana Rizzo versus Jada Parker. So this one here, again, two good things that came out of this. One, both of these girls got highlighted individually without the guys and all of that. Like, I, I hate to say this, but I really do think that, like, they tend to shine the brightest in their groups. Uh, with Tony D and Stax Lorenzo, it's a little different because they have, like, a lot of personality, especially with Tony. Tony has so much personality, so... It's more so Jada Parker that tends to stand out a little bit more in her group than Adriana Rizzo because Adriana Rizzo is with two guys that have like a lot of personality. We still haven't seen as much from OTM, so I do hope we get to see that. They're still new, so maybe we'll see it at some point. But 
Um, this was good, actually. Adriana Rizzo, she goes right after Jada Parker. Uh, but Jada Parker, for the most part, is not going to be taken down easily. And Adriana was not able to keep her down. And so Jada Parker gets the victory in this match. The only thing I wish was that the finish was a little bit more... Um, stronger i think she just like shoved her and then she beat her um so i wish that it would have been more of an exclamation point of a finish for jada parker um but jada parker did good though she came out with a lot of attitude a lot of sass um i feel like this was the first time even though we've seen her in like that six person uh mixed tag team match at the ple and we've seen her do a couple of other things here and there i feel like this was the first time i really got a good look at her more so in 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 ring capacity because it was just her and Adriana. So it allowed me just to focus on Jada Parker. And I will tell you, like, I feel like I like Jada Parker more after tonight than any of the other stuff they had her do before. So after tonight, I can honestly sit here and say that I'm a bigger uh, Jada Parker fan than I was yesterday. As for Adriana Rizzo, I had already been digging her because she had some pretty good moments um, the last couple of weeks. Um, personality wise. And also I think at one point she had like a really cool dive, but I think I still probably need to see more from her in ring wise, but I honestly like she's doing good. I also like Adriana Rizzo and uh, she's different. Uh, she's very, very different from any of the other uh, women that they have on the roster. So I definitely like that a whole lot. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. <laughs> Um, Dominic Carranza says, y'all said Jada Parker, my brain immediately went to Jada Pinkett in NXT. Um, so that happened to me for like the longest time with, um, there's a lot of names of people on NXT that remind you of celebrities. Ariana Grace, I kept calling her Ariana Grande for like the longest time. Then there was Electra Lopez. I called her Carmen Electra, like at least three times. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else. I think that was it, I think. Uh, but there was a couple of people where your brain just automatically goes to like a celebrity because they have some very similar names. We got Will Chisholm here who says, Roxanne thought that a girl, Roxanne thought that a girl, a good, oh, sorry, I'm not reading right. God, I forgot how to read. Will Chisholm says, Roxanne taught that girl a good lesson. Mind your business, please. What's up with people getting slapped in WWE lately? There's some good slapping going around. Uh, what was it on SmackDown when Tiffany Stratton slapped Meechin? That was really good too. Who else? Who else got slapped really well recently? Austin, Th uh, not Austin Theory. Um, Kevin Owens has been punching, not slapping, but I think we can count that in this argument because he he's got an Austin Theory and Grayson Waller very well multiple times. Uh, thank you so much to Will Chisholm. All right, guys, let's keep it going, guys. Um, Ridge Holland versus Wolfgang and Mark Coffey. They did a whole gauntlet thing, guys. Oh man, I don't know what they're doing here, guys. This is not this one's not for me. This one's got to get a thumbs down for me. Uh, I had said it last week. I'm not really sure what they're doing with Rich Holland here, but it's not working for me. Um, I just kind of feel like it's a little dull. It's a little dull. And the whole thing is he doesn't have friends. And I'm like, well, he had friends on SmackDown, but then that just randomly ended. So now he's over on NXT. I, I just think I wish that the fallout from the Ilya Dragunov angle would have hit harder. I, I don't think that the fallout from that whole angle that he did with Ilya Dragunov, like it didn't benefit anybody. It didn't benefit Rich Holland and it didn't benefit Ilya Dragunov. Like that was solely to just postpone 
that match between Trick and Ilya and push it further. That was literally the only thing. And so personally, I just feel like, I almost feel like they got to just restart things with Ridge Holland right now. And with Gallus, same thing. I'm just like kind of over it right now. There's not really much intrigue for me in this story. So uh, I'm going to move on to Andre Chase and uh, university. His, his university is back. And they're out there thanking JC Jane, right? Because she did the calendar. So she was able to get them out of debt. We know that. But JC ends up meeting with Adriana Rizzo. And she gives her like a bunch of money. And at least we can assume it's Monday because it's in an envelope. And she basically tells her that once Tony D and Stax Lorenzo retain their championships, that they should think about giving a title shot to Andre Chase and uh, Duke Hudson. Well, they didn't win. So I don't know what's going to come off of that uh, moving forward. But it seems like JC Jane is starting to take over and she's making under the table deals here with Adriana Rizzo. So now it's a matter of like, hmm. What's going to happen here between JC Jane and Andre Chase, uh, Chase University? I have a feeling that they're going to, um, I have a feeling that the way the storyline's going to go is that Chase U doesn't like JC Jane's methods. And I think that JC Jane's methods are going to get her possibly kicked out of Chase U. That's what I'm thinking right now. It's a little too early to tell, but that's kind of what I'm thinking is going down with this whole in story, uh, entire storyline. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Williams says Denise Hayton guys I feel bad when I don't like something <sighs> I don't know how else to tell you guys but I'm pretty damn honest when I don't like something or when something is not necessarily working but when it is working even if I hated it for like several weeks and then it finally gets me I will mention it and I know Sheldon, I know Sheldon is going to have receipts for it too. <laughs> Trust me, I know he is. <laughs> all right, guys, let's keep it going. Let's talk about Obafemi here. Um, all right, so the big thing that went down with this is Obafemi, by the way, when did he get the chant? It's like I blinked. And then all of a sudden there's a chant going. I must have missed it. Or maybe if it's been going on for the longest time, I'm gonna get attention to detail out of my resume, but Obafemi's got this whole chant going now when P comes out, when he speaks. Uh, I like it. It's pretty cool. Alexis King interrupts him. And basically the whole little gist between them is Alexis King doesn't like that he's calling himself the ruler. And they go back and forth about like who's going to beat who. And Alexis King wants the NXT North American title shot. He says he's a king. He's not going to break his promise and he's going to become champion. And there's some threats going on. But Obafemi seemed to like, he didn't, he gave it up pretty easily. He was just like, all right, you want a title shot? Cool. Let's do it next week. NXT North American title on the line. And Alexis King jumps, like attacks him. And then Obafemi seems like he's about to literally overpower him and he's about to but Lexus King manages to like run away so I think they can tell a nice little lengthy program here I actually want to see Obafemi defeat Lexus King and I know that may be an unpopular opinion here but I want to see Obafemi defeat Lexus King at least the first time for sure because I do think they can tell a longer program with this and I don't necessarily want to see Obafemi just be like a quick 
champion because I do think that at the end of this, Lexus King is going to be NXT North American champion. But I want to get more out of this than just a one match type of situation, especially now given that we've real really realize there's only so many players in the men's division. So for that reason, I kind of want them to tell a little bit of a longer program here, but I do want to at least see Obafemi defeat Lexus King um, and then go from there. But I do think Lexus King is probably going to come out of this NXT North American champion. I don't know. It doesn't feel right though. For some reason, like I'm, it doesn't feel right. I feel like Obafemi should have a pretty, like, I'm not going to say, like, go out there and have a four-month NXT North American title reign. Nah, but it, I don't want it to end very quickly, though. It just wouldn't feel right. I can't explain it, but I think we need to get more out of this, especially because there's no one like Obafemi on that NXT roster. But then at the same time, how much more can you have Lexus King lose? This guy came in here with so much buzz and really nothing major has happened for the guy yet on the show. So that's why I'm thinking that he is going to defeat Obafemi. But again, I just feel like Obafemi is something special on NXT and it shouldn't come to an end just yet. We'll see where we're at with all of this. We'll see where we're at with this. Uh, we got Pierre here who says, um, stand and deliver maybe. I'll, we still got so much time from now. Um, God, we still have at least two months until we get to WrestleMania. So I don't know. Maybe this could last until then. Possibly that wouldn't be a bad matchup. That would actually be a pretty damn cool matchup. And again, given there's only so many options, it could possibly happen. We'll see. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and see what else we got here. Um, let's get into Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. This was also something that I really enjoyed last week, and it was basically Brooks Jensen going up to um to to Josh Briggs and wanting to sort of rekindle the friendship that they once had. But Josh Briggs gave him a taste of tough love and basically told him, like, no, you need to find your own path. He was definitely a lot meaner about it, and I loved it. I was a big fan of that last week. So all of a sudden, one whole week later, we see Josh, we see Brooks Jensen jump Josh Briggs confronts him and he's like I've got balls and then they start fighting and they're going at it backstage and eventually they end up getting pulled apart but I found this kind of funny because Brooks Jensen like waited a whole week like you can tell he thought about it he thought about what Josh Briggs said to him he waited a whole week had the arg had the fake argument with him in the shower had the fake argument with him in the mirror like we all do when we wish we would have said something in an argument and we didn't say the thing we wish we would have said um that is exactly what I think happened with Brooks Jensen he waited a whole week he thought about it and then he finally decided to do something about it so we are getting this program between Brooks and uh and Josh Briggs, which seems like the right way to go about it. Former friends who uh, are now having a fallout. And let's be real. Like, they both needed something going on. So this is what's going on for them. Uh, and this match is going to be happening next week as well. So that could be another uh, little lengthy story that they do. And something that could finally get Brooks Jensen uh, more featured on a weekly basis on NXT. So this could be a pro. This is his time to, to shine. This is Brooks Jensen time to finally burst out of the bubble, get out of his shell and really make himself uh, noticed on NXT. So we'll see what happens. 
All right, we got one more thing to talk. Actually, we really only got the Kiana James Burnley Reese match, and I don't really got much to say about this. Kiana gets her win. She's there partnered up with Izzy Dame, and it seems like they're sort of um they're very similar to what I guess we thought Lola Vice and Electra Lopez were gonna be. It seems like now we're just seeing Kiana James and Izzy Dame do that. So that was NXT, guys. I know this was probably a shorter post show than I normally do, but this wasn't like a super newsworthy show by any means. So I'm just happy that I was able to get some good time to talk about it. But next week seems like that's going to be the bigger show. So we're going to be seeing Lyra versus Shotzi for the NXT Women's Championship. We're going to be seeing uh, Oba Femi versus Lexus King for the NXT North American Championship. We're going to be seeing a face-to-face between Elia and Carmelo Hayes. And then Briggs and Jensen are going to be facing each other next week. And then Roxanne Perez and Ren uh, Sinclair are also going to be facing each other next week. So we got pretty much the entire show already announced. Uh, Next week, it's looking pretty damn good. So I'm looking more forward to that show uh, than I was for today's show. Because I saw the card going into today's show. And I was like, oh, there's not that much. The only thing, and we already knew what the outcome was going to be pretty much which was um, the new NXT Tag Team Champions in Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. But that's pretty much that's pretty much it, guys. Um, let's see what else we got here. I'm going to make sure I got everybody's uh, comments and everything. I did. Cool. That was it, everybody. Um, all right. So before I head out, guys, just a friendly reminder, go check out all of the, all of the content that I've been posting up here on the channel. Uh, this entire year has been already like the best year for my YouTube channel because I have been posting so many interviews. I think I posted 42 brand new interviews in the last like 40 something days, guys. Uh, Kind of crazy, to be honest. But check those out. Check out the one with Tony Khan. Check out the one with um, Rhea Ripley. I got three interviews with Rhea Ripley. And we all we talk about something totally different in each one. Two interviews with Jade Cargill. Again, different topics in each one. Um, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Seth Rollins. Um, There's so many, I can't even think of them right now, but check them out, give them some love because I was very happy with all of the interview opportunities that I was able to get. And it's probably going to be a while until I get a good bunch like that again, probably not until WrestleMania. So it's going to be a bit. So go and enjoy those. And I got a couple of interviews dropping this week. Hopefully if all goes well, Um, I got two interviews, an impact one and a, impact slash new japan one i guess i don't know we'll see um you guys can keep an eye out here on the channel and i will see you guys back here tomorrow for aw dynamite conversation all right everyone peace